It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. KXNO for the win from the Jethro's Barbecue Studios, where every Tuesday get two for one on the best wings in town. Score! This is Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Number two, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KX. And oh, about five minutes after the hour, well, it was lunch hour. We take you up until uh, 1 o'clock. Murph and Andy in after that. Of course, the drive with Heather and Sean, they take you home. Bottom of the hour, J.P. Richardson uh, coming up. But right now, let's talk to our friend Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports. I guess uh, Klyavkov is meeting with the uh, the Pac-12 presidents as we speak. We know Colorado's coming. Who may join? Where might they stop? Dot, dot, dot. Pete, hopefully, he's got some of these answers and he joins us. No pressure, Pete. Uh, Pete, Trenton, Ken, thank you for coming on. I want to start with this one. What's the craziest rumor that you've heard in the last week, Pete Mundo? Uh, <laughs> well, thank you guys for having me. Um, you know, I don't even know what the craziest rumor. I mean, if you go on, here's the thing. If I give you an answer, you can go on Twitter and see something crazier in the next 60 seconds. <laughs> Probably so, so yeah. Uh, you know, I could give you something, but in terms of legitimate reports, legitimate interest, it probably would be this idea that UConn is still lingering out there as a possibility, which I just don't understand when you've got legitimate Pac-12 teams uh, that, you know, maybe having to jump ship sooner than later. I, I don't get the UConn thing. I mean, I get it more than certainly Gonzaga, which has been floated out there for months. But with the way that that program just does not support football, as much as basketball is a net positive, football is not only not a net positive, it may be a net negative. So the mm-hmm. fact that UConn, I think it's more of a leverage thing, like, hey, Pac-12 teams, you better hurry up. If not, UConn may uh, you know jump in front of you in line. I don't think it's serious right now but i still see in the see the yukon thing floated out there and don't quite understand why well after the news last week of colorado arizona right around the corner what's the latest on that front we know their border regents down there they have a meeting coming up this afternoon are we heading for we're getting to that 14th team and this thing's going to be wrapped up in a tight bow or is there still a lot of hurdles to clear well i i think arizona's at the point where uh, they're ready to move. But yeah. now what's interesting is you're starting to hear that Arizona State may be saying, wait, don't forget about us. Mm. But here's the thing. Arizona State, everybody knew this was um, a likely outcome. And for whatever reason, Arizona State was you know, dragging his feet, dead set against it, committed to the Pac-12. 
And now that it's legitimately happening, it's like, whoa, wait, we, we might want to come. And that's always uh, the problem when you have two uh, big state programs in a situation like this. I mean, you know, you go back 10, 15 years ago. When Colorado first left the, the Big 12 for the Pac-12, Colorado left because they thought the, Pac- the Big 12 was falling apart and they had no in-state uh, partner to get together with and make a move. So they said, we better jump ship before everybody else. Uh, you go back to, you know, you can go to the Texas, Texas A&M, Texas Tech, when the Southwest Conference collapsed. I mean, you can go back to all that. Uh, politics plays a role. Some will argue that politics kept certain schools out of the Big 12 going back 25, 30 years ago. So now if the politicians get involved, in conference realignment um, in the state of Arizona, it's anybody's guess how that all plays mm. out. And do not discount the politicians from screwing something up <laughs> and uh, you know preventing a good thing from happening. But that I could see this thing dragging on because now Arizona's got to figure out how Arizona State factors in. Mm, interesting. Uh, I've, I've read so much about it, and it might have been one of your guys at Heartland College Sports that uh, wrote yesterday in, in a piece that, that Utah's not even answering the Big 12's phone calls. I think that was one of your guys, Pete, that wrote that. Utah, that is a Which weird makes, fan base. It really must be, right? And maybe extends Goes further deeper, than the right? fan base. Uh, <laughs> why, would you, why would Utah not even listen? Their hatred for um, the Big 12 and BYU in particular has clouded their common sense and vision. I mean, you know, I understand they're not fans of BYU, but I think that they're also kind of concerned that Utah's been on this huge rise since uh, joining the Pac-12. They've had a lot of success, of course, in the conference, winning the conference last year, beating USC. Kyle Whittingham's a great coach. And now comes along BYU. And BYU's in a power conference, and they're going to make some noise and – uh, you know, they've always been a, a bigger brand because of who they are. They're a national, really a global brand in many ways. And I think that's got uh, Utah hot and bothered. But the answer from Utah is not to knock that. It's to figure out how to stay a step ahead. And there's nothing to suggest hanging with the Pac-12 keeps you a step ahead. I mean, at this point, you might as well just join the Big 12. At least you'll end up with the same amount of money as BYU and you know you got a good football program that you can build on there, so just keep doing that. But they're uh, biased towards BYU, and they're biased towards the Big 12, which their fan base likes to call a, a truck stop conference, um, <laughs> has clearly clouded their vision and, and their sanity in a major way. And I would just say, hey, call us whatever you want. At least we've got a conference, which you can't say and likely won't be able to say for the Pac-12 before long. The Oregon-Washington conundrum. We know their eyes are on the Big Ten. Everybody knows that. Everybody understands why they certainly would and why they'd want to get to the Big Ten. However, with the diminishing conference, what the future of an automatic bid with the Pac-12 looks like, or the Pac-8, or the Pac-9, or whatever it turns out to be, we don't know what the future of that is going to be. In the Big 12 perspective, inviting them in, knowing that eventually maybe they do leave. What side of the fence do you sit on on that, Pete? Well, I've always been of the belief that you invite them, and uh, the reason you invite them is because why not? Right. I mean, uh, it, it, why, you can get those two brands, and sure, I mean, I suppose there's a possibility they could leave for the Big Ten in five years when the next TV contracts come up and the next batch of realignment happens. But in the meantime, you get Oregon, you get Washington, you help the Big 12 right now, 
and maybe they like it. I mean, I don't know. It's crazy, but maybe they like the Big 12 as much as the rest of us do. I'm just throwing that out there as a possibility as well that it works. But I don't think you don't invite or at least entertain and try to um, convince Oregon and Washington to make the move because they've got nothing to lose. And frankly, it may be beneficial to the TV networks, Fox and ESPN, to pay Oregon and Washington Big 12 money, which is about $30 million a year combined, versus giving them Big 10 money, which is another you know, $5, $10, 20000000 million a year. So the TV networks, it would behoove them to kind of push Oregon and Washington to the Big 12 than it would to um, bring them to the Big 10 right now. It would save them millions of dollars on the TV side to make that happen. So I say do it. I mean, you know, um, if any of you have courted uh, your women before, are you going to go into it and say, hey, I know that you're too good for me? No, you're going to say, hey, you know, I've got something to offer too. Fine. I may not have the six pack of abs and be six foot five, but I'm a decent guy too. So make the pitch and see how far it gets you. But there's Big 12 fans who are like, I don't want them because they're going to act like Texas. Well, I don't know that for sure. I, I don't. Right. That's a loser mentality. And the Big 12, if it's going to create a power three, cannot be afraid of big brands because, well, you know, they might be like Texas. First off, nobody's like Texas. Texas <laughs> is on its own planet right. in terms of douchiness. So let <laughs> Texas be Texas. Don't compare anybody else to them and try to get the best damn brands and teams you can get in there. You and I are singing from the exact same hymn yeah. book here. I, mean, I'm, I couldn't agree with anything more than what you said. It's perfectly, perfectly put. All right, so if they do get them and they do bring Arizona, we'll leave Arizona State out for a little bit. That gets them to 16. Where do you think it stops? Uh, would do the networks? Uh, would would the networks bring it to a halt at 16? Um, where does it stop? Well, I, I think. Even getting 14 to 16 in the short term could be a hurdle. I believe it was Brett McMurphy who had this report last week that basically ESPN contractually has to pay the same amount of money to any Pac-12 team that joins the Big 12, any Power 5 team for that matter that joins the Big 12, which is $20 million a year from ESPN. Fox has verbally agreed to give um, any new Big 12 team that's from the Power 5 their portion of the TV deal, which is $12 million per year, up to 14. The The Fox Sports side of things, they have not verbally agreed to anything more than a full freight for 14. So your mark and that side has to figure out, can we get full freight if we go to 16 right now, starting in 2024, or is Fox not on board with that? I don't, I don't know the answer over the last couple of days, how those conversations have gone. But I think 14 is probably where we're going to land um, unless this thing completely unravels and your market's a handshake deal from Fox saying, hey, if we can get four in right now starting in 24, will you guys pay full freight? And I think Fox would do it because everybody, TV, uh, ESPN, Fox, would be saving money, certainly ESPN because they had some Pac-12 contracts and Pac-12 games. They'd be saving money if the Pac-12 becomes a glorified Mountain West. So I, I don't see a big deal, but I think for now you'll see the two or the four, depending on how the conversations go with Fox. And then after that, I think we'll probably be set for a little bit, but that's the dumbest thing you could say when it comes to conference realignment. <laughs> yeah, really. Pete, your mark has been incredible in this year on the job and what he has been able to do and going out there poaching Colorado. 
yet he still has his eye back towards his home area, the Northeast, and UConn. Basketball is a huge component of this. He believes that he's going to be able to separate men's basketball out on its own, and he's going to be able to make more money that's been, he believes, left on the table there. Two parts. The basketball part of it, even leaving UConn aside, and if UConn would come to the Big 12, what hope do they have on the football side? Uh, very little hope. Um, I just I look at UConn and I say, okay, it's nice for basketball. I get it. They've won multiple national titles uh, in the last 25 years. Um, you know, they should be considered a blue blood in the sport, even though most people probably would not consider them a blue blood in the sport. But uh, the football side, it's it's not like it's a Kansas situation where it's just been you know really bad for the last 15 years. They actually had a you know about 500 season last year under Jim Mora. It's more about if you're going to join a power conference, are you uh, a program? Do you have the alumni base that will fund what needs to be funded for big-time college football? And there's nothing to suggest that that's the case at UConn. I don't think they play on campus, as I understand it. It's kind of a hike. Um, you know, There's not a lot of enthusiasm. They're counting down to basketball season. All things that were true at Kansas, but as we saw last year, Kansas fans will be football fans uh, when the team suggests they're worthy of their attention. And, you know, they're putting hundreds of millions of dollars in new facilities, football stadium upgrades. Uh, Kansas has been willing to do that more than they get credit for. That's not UConn. I mean, culturally, it's not a football region. It's not a, certainly not a college football region. And those things matter. And frankly, you know, when I do our shows on YouTube and whatnot and I hear from UConn fans, they don't want to be in this league, and I, I kind of understand why. They want to play Villanova and basketball and St. John's and Providence and Georgetown. I mean, that's what they want to do. That's that's really when they've had a lot of success. So I think it's one of those things where um, I know why your Mark wants it. He's a New York City guy. He sees that brand. But apparently there's also a lot of hesitation on the president's and the AD started thing in the Big 12, and I understand why. Yeah, he got Rucker Park, which was a home run, mm-hmm. and I think that was good. I think it should end there as far as flirtation uh, with the Northeast. Uh, a year ago, Yormark said he's open for business, which George Klyakov responded, well, we're not just sure if we're going to shop there or not yet. Does Klyakov survive this, do you think? Well, <laughs> um, no, I don't see how he could. I mean, it's just – now, I don't – I love goofing on the guy. I don't know if he's worth worthy of all the blame. As I understand it, you know, there were conversations um, in the last year or two about expanding, and who didn't want to expand in the Pac-12? USC. <laughs> Very similar to Bob Bullsby in the Big 12 a few years ago. They looked at expanding. Who didn't want to expand? OU in Texas. So I can't completely rag on Klyovkov from that perspective, but I don't see how you can be in his role oversee what he's overseen over the last 12 months and uh, get played by the Big 12, get played by some of your own members, and keep your job. I mean, I don't know if the Pac-12 is even going to exist. If it does exist in some way, shape, or form, I don't know how this can be your guy leading it after how the last 12 months have gone. I mean, I think at that point you'd have to break off, hit the reset button, and uh, just start from scratch. Pete? Uh, love listening to your podcast and a couple of guys that seem to really bother you. John Costanzo, uh, among them, the Oregon, the Portland guy. 
Kenzano? Kenzano. Yeah, she's a dandy. He absolutely is. For a radio audience that, that maybe has not heard your thoughts on him, because it's a place that a lot of people have gone for a long time for Pac-12 information. Boy, it feels like it's gotten bad. He's embarrassed it? himself. Well, yeah, I mean, that's right. And a dandy, you know, I, I might call him other things that you can't say on uh, an FCC licensed radio station. But, uh, I mean, it's just at some point you have to, and we all do this in this business, when your sources are wrong and they're embarrassing you, you have to stop trusting those sources. But when your own uh, beliefs and what you want to be true mm-hmm. are clouding um your credibility and uh, making you report things that you know in your heart of hearts aren't true and can't be true, then that's really on you. I mean, we all get bad information. We all have bad sources sometimes that don't come through. Uh, That happens. That's life. We're all human beings. But when you go back to those sources time and time again, just because they're feeding you what you want to hear, and then you're pushing that information out to the public as if it's potentially going to happen, that's just misinformation. Um, that's just uh, not doing your job as a reporter. And that's what John Canzano has become, has become a parody yep. of, uh, you know, some Pac-12 mouthpiece propaganda uh, reporter who's just putting out there whatever uh, might make the Pac-12 look good on a given day. And there's been nothing for the last six months to suggest anything good has been coming out of the Pac-12. So I, it's just, I mean, I feel bad in many cases because it's just disappointing, but... Um, you know, we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. I mean, he's bound to be right about something at some point. I just don't know what it's going to be. <laughs> uh, am I uh, seeing things, or have you guys expanded at Heartland College Sports? I'm meeting more. I'm reading more writers, more authors uh, than I believe I have in previous years. Have you undergone an expansion over there? Um, I, you know, in the last few months, we've um, brought on a couple extra folks, but for the most part, we've, you know, got the guys that you've talked to here on this show, myself, Matthew Poston, uh, Brian Clinton, and, Duke. and Derek Duke, yep. and, um, you know, they're, they're certainly our stable. we got a, a Joe Tillery is a guy that has been working his way up the ranks with us the last uh, couple of months or so, so we feel we're in a good spot going into football season, but here's the team. we got 14 teams this year yeah. to follow instead of 10. So uh, a little more work on our plate at Heartland College Sports, but we're going to do the best we can. Happy for you over there, really, and Pete. Well done. Uh, it's a terrific uh, resource for uh, fans uh, and media that follow the Big uh, Big 12, talk about the Big 12, and folks that want to keep up on their squads and uh, their league. Uh, thank you, Pete. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you down the road. Thank you. All right, guys. Have a great day. Talk yep. to you soon. Take care. Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports. An incredible resource. Big 12 fans, Cyclone fans. You need to get there. They do something that just, there's such a hole uh-huh. in Big 12 content yep. compared to certainly the SEC and even mm-hmm. the Big 10. There's a hole there, and they have definitely provided having multiple guys down there at Big 12 Media Days, asking good questions to everybody. They've done, Pete's done a great job. And a guy that started out his radio career in Oklahoma, guy that went to Villanova, came back here to the Midwest and what he's done and now doing a great job in radio in Kansas City. This is a great thing, and it's something that I use as a resource pretty much every single day. I'm at Heartland College Sports, Mm -hmm. and I remember kind of when it started and what it is today. It's pretty cool to see. No, I couldn't agree with you more. I think you tipped me off onto it because I wasn't aware of it, and then we started to get like Matt Poston's. I used him twice last week. I don't (laughs) like to do that, but um, with the Colorado stuff breaking, he's a really good resource. Anyways, 1225. The Colorado part, yes, along with Arizona, both those football programs stink. 
lately, yeah, but Dion's there. How long? Great question. I uh, don't know the answer, but do think that he will elevate the program prior to his exit, if indeed there is one. That is the hope. Mm-hmm. There's been a couple of glimpses. What was it, McIntyre that had that one yep, year? One year, yep. That's been about it for mm-hmm. 30 years. Yeah, since the early 90s. Yeah. And they had their run in the early 2000, 2000 That's 2001. That's too, with Clatt, they got beat 77-7 yeah. or whatever. No, no, before that, when they throttled Nebraska, Nebraska oh, still yeah, played yeah, for yeah. the national championship, yep, was yep. it 99 or 2000, whatever year that was. But then, since then, we're talking 20 years, mm-hmm. it has been rough. What if they stay rough? Dion has a blip. They went four or five games this year. Mm-hmm. He goes eight and four, and he's the next coach at Auburn because, you know, it's a two-year cycle at Auburn. What's Colorado then? Can they sustain? Is that what you mean? Arizona, same thing. Yeah. Rich Rod had one year in the Pac-12 championship game. They had the Desert, desert Swarm defense that was yeah. a preseason number one on Sports Illustrated. Mm-hmm. Remember the cover? Mm, I do. And I think they went 6-5 and five that year. Mm-hmm. Is that a little concerning? That you're bringing in two football programs that have not been able to sustain success? Well, they were. Colorado was relevant in the big... 8-12 before. So they're Taking coming. the rivalry, and I know Cyclone fans are excited about that. I'm just talking about as a football program. I think the, um, the jury's still out. Yeah. I think the jury's still out. Arizona, I, on the other hand, yeah, you could say that they've struggled. They really and have. And they have struggled. Now, basketball-wise, I get it's a football decision, but I also believe that your mark is right, that college basketball is leaving money on the table. I am right there with him. Well, you know I'm right there with yeah, him. Yeah, it's your sport. Yeah, it's my favorite sport. Right. And I've maintained that forever. I mean, mm-hmm. how long have we talked about the amount of money that's been left on the table from the NCAA not having women's men- basketball yeah. be its own entity, having softball? Mm-hmm. We see the numbers that softball generates. Volleyball, same kind of thing that they're leaving. Well, it's the same thing here. When you just package all this together, yeah, you can have men's basketball too. What? <laughs> this is still on a weeknight. You're still getting one and a half, two million viewers on ESPN for a good college basketball game on a Tuesday night. You're not getting that. Putting on... The latest edition of the X Games. You do get that yep. when you put a college basketball game on there. There is money to be had, and I think he's got this one. Right. I, I'm with you. You know, back to the conversation about ESPN and uh, in Oregon and Washington. Um, ESPN, they don't have football in the Big Ten anymore after this year, right? Right. No, not after this year. Ever. So, so we're here. It's over. Okay. So Oregon and Washington, you want them for that. At Pac-12 after dark. Mm-hmm. Well, Fox doesn't have Pac-12 after dark, do they? Or FS1, do FS1 they? FS1 does, They yeah. still have that? Yep. Okay. So that's That's not... a lot of times where you get that Washington State-Oregon State game. Right. That kicks off at 9 10. 10, 10, yeah. 10, 20. All right, here we go. Well, let's see. Am I going to pay do the pay-per-view for the Hawaii game Deesh. that comes on at 11? Eh, you know what? I'm just going to fire at this game instead. I'll actually be able to watch it instead of... Find one of those illegal streams, which I've done a time or two for the Rainbow Warriors also. If you're backed into the corner, you got to do especially if you've got the Rainbow Warriors minus the number. Well, and I am I am well-versed now in getting ready for those late-night Hawaii kickoffs after last night, staying up and watching the soccer. So you you stayed up and made it to... What time did it end? 3.50. And you didn't get any sleep before that, so you did no. not off prior to? Wow. No. Was up late. Was it as... What is... Uh, it is... Um, as disappointing as, as Twitter makes it seems out to be? It was gross. It was bad. They should have got beat? Oh, there's no doubt. The first half, I mean, they were lucky to be tied. Mm-hmm. And they they had plenty of chances in the second half. It wasn't... The first half was deplorable. Was Alex Morgan as bad as everybody said she, she was? was? I mean, 
she wasn't close. Hmm. She she's got to be getting toward the end of the line, right? For her, because and they brought in Rapino pretty early in the second half, mm-hmm. and at this point in her career, with the legs, you want to keep yeah. her fresh. And she came in and she threw she threw had a couple of beautiful passes, just absolute beauty. And Morgan just couldn't deliver. Hmm. It, it was they looked lethargic. They looked out of it. Portugal for I would say certainly. Better than two thirds of the time, they look like and they hit a post with if it would have should have was yeah, in, in extra time. It was, oh Jesus! I thought so. It was if you had to, where where are we at now? The quarters or the semi? Uh, sixteen. Sixteen left. Yeah, it used to be only eight advanced to the knockout round. Now it's sixteen as they expanded okay. the women's side. So where does where do the Americans fit in? I mean, would you fall off your chair if they get knocked out early? I wouldn't fall on my chair. I think they're going to get clubbed. If the team that we that I saw this morning shows up against Sweden, yeah. They get beat 2-0. Wow. They'll get clobbered. They were off. Portugal's not that good. So what is, what is, um, is this, is this a, a team that's stuck around too long? I think that this is a transition, and that was one thing that mm-hmm. was talked about a lot leading into this. This is a transition time for the women's national team. The old guard, Urpino, Morgan, mm-hmm. that group, they're moving on, and... Of course, the players that have already retired out of that group. One of which, Carrie Lloyd, uh, by the way, deserves to be, pat- uh, I think, get credit here. A, you don't want to leave your team and be unwilling to criticize. <laughs> and she put the hammer down. She absolutely did. And I don't think that, you know, I didn't see it. You did. But a lot of people that I trust that I've read on Twitter think that this was as bad a, a performance we've seen out of these of this team in years. That was as bad as it looked last night. And there was a part last night during the broadcast where uh, the play-by-play guy, what's his name? Anyway, long-time soccer guy. Not Colin Dark, is it? No. Ian Dark, rather, Ian Dark. Not Ian Dark, the other guy. Okay. You hear his voice. Oh, yeah, that guy. He uh, was talking to her about, as it was kind of getting deeper into the second half, hey, you can't lose here. You lose, you're out. Right. And is it time to, you know, just kind of play defense and just settle in and accept your tie and move on? And she was just so disgusted with the effort. She was really? like, you could just tell that she didn't even want to think that way because... They're uh, better. Right. You shouldn't have to think that we're Team USA. We shouldn't have to think that way. And you could just almost feel the frustration <laughs> coming in. It was really, it was a fun listen last night. What was, uh, did Rodman's daughter play? Came in late, last maybe 10, 12 minutes. Had an opportunity on the outside of the box once, but... Boy, she's a special. Should she be coming in late? I guess is where I'm going. Look, I don't, I don't follow her enough closely yeah. enough. But she's a pretty good player, right? She is. Yeah, I think they want to use her kind of as that the late legs that comes okay. in, fresh legs that comes in. Because isn't she the next yeah. star in she, this program, she's or coming. one of the very few? Yep, absolutely. Yeah, hmm. she she's fun to watch, and just the speed that she plays at too. There was one that she was just coming up the side and just blew away from a couple of Portugal players. She's fast. She's strong. Oh, her dad's Dennis Rodman. <laughs> right. So so this ends at 315. 3.50. 3.50. Yes. Oh, it's worse. So 4 o'clock, you're, you're, you're looking at the back of your eyeballs. What time the kids jump on dad this morning? Uh, well, actually, Jack woke up at 4.05 with a bloody nose. Oh, my God. <laughs> it, it was so literally. So had 10 minutes of sleep, Not maybe. even. Probably like three. All right. Here we go. All right. We'll console. We'll get the bloody nose stopped. Well, I was... Basically up, so made it easier, at least on Tara, because she usually Ugh. ends up the one that has to do those things because they come to mom first always. But I was up very quickly, got over there, got that. So it was a late one, but the kids slept in. They're they're coming back off of vacation time, so 
They both slept in till almost 9 o'clock this wow. morning. That was nice. Dad caught a break. We did. J.P. Richardson will join us next and talk umpiring. If you want to be a part of it, we'll give you the 411 on how you can join uh, and uh, make some money calling balls and strikes and safing outs. How about that? Well, J.P. Richardson next. Miller and Condon. Uh, Trent's plays of the day still to come. It's Des Moines Sports Station 106.3. Oh. The biggest pro football contests in Vegas are back and bigger than ever with $14 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circus Sports. Enter in Nevada, play from anywhere. Two ways to win and no rake. Play Circa Million. Make five picks against the spread each week with quarterly and full season payouts. Or join Circa Survivor where you select one team each week straight up. Last the longest to win it all. $14 million in guaranteed prizes. Visit Circus Sports. Actions apply. Last summer, my house was hit with hail. Between assessing damage on the roof and dealing with insurance, it can be a stressful situation. Luckily for me, it wasn't stressful because I called my friends with Wolf Roofing. We were able to get a new roof on our family home in one day. It looked sharp, everything was cleaned up, and now we have peace of mind with our new roof. Set up your next roofing project with Wolf Roofing at 515 225 8866. Or you can go online at Wolf Rufo Casino. Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back to Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Taking you up until one trend's play of the day still to come. So, Trent, have you seen this ring that. Uh, uh, the JP just put in front of us. I have seen the rings because last night I was looking at the tournaments that we're going to be playing in with my daughter's 8U Valley team. <laughs> and on the website at Central Iowa Sports and yeah. Iowa USSA, they also have pictures of the rings for some of the tournaments. These and, are legit. Yeah. My daughter was very pumped up about a couple of tournaments. And said, Dad, if we get... If we win, we get what a yes. Everybody gets a ring. That is uh, incredibly cool. JP, thanks for joining us as always. Really cool stuff you brought in. So tell us a little bit about the rings and all the different things that you guys do for these athletes, these softball players, these baseball players, and an opportunity to uh, play with your guys' tournaments. Yeah, you got it. So before we talk about umpiring, let's talk about some of the swag these young people can get. The swag bag. Yeah, the swag bag and the, and even the coaches. So we're wrapping up our summer season. Uh, we just did our show case last week which is kind of like an all-star series uh really fun each each team puts their all-stars out and then we mix them up and so kids are playing both female and males are playing with different people from around the state so this fast pitch side and it really brings in the camaraderie so this weekend and next weekend are what we call our mvp games so during the whole summer all the way from the first weekend or i mean the middle of weekend of march all the way through each tournament a coach had to nominate a player from another team that they thought was the MVP for that team. So um, all those kids now were invited to play in the MVP game. So on the baseball side, we have two weekends of it. On the fast pitch side, we have one weekend of it. And um, it's a big weekend. So on Friday night, we uh, gave an offer. Each kid gets a Iowa Cubs ticket, and then they get discounted tickets for their family members to come. Last time we did that, we had over 500 uh, players come into the Iowa Cubs game. So we're going to meet them there, give them their tickets, uh, kick off the weekend. And then Saturday and Sunday, they play in the MVP games. And I just showed you guys the MVP swag bag. That's awesome. Can you imagine getting that when you were 10 or 11 or 12 years old? I was happy to get a fruit cup after the game. (laughs) So they get the or swag bag. Juice, what do you call those juice things? <laughs> yes. The juice box or juice something? Box, yeah. yeah, remember the juice boxes? 
But they get a swag bag with their name on it and uh, their team that they played for for the season. Inside it, they get a home and away jersey with their number and their name on it. They get a ring, the MVP ring. You saw that over there. Mm-hmm. Um, the one you're holding is the state when they win state. That looks like a Super Bowl ring, doesn't it? it? Really and truly, and it weighs about the same as a Super <laughs> yeah, Bowl ring. you're right. And then they get a bag tag to put on their bag. And um, for fun, if you want to check out all the swag, uh, our Aubrey Egger, our uh, social media gal, put on a contest um and you get it, whoever wins the most likes uh we have first second third place for both uh, i think boys and girls i'm not sure how it works but there's a 500 dollars amazon car card mm. for that young person on it if you go to central iowa sports facebook page uh go in there and check out the swag contest for the young people vote on your person who has the coolest photo showing all their rings on their hands or their there's medals on their wall because we do medals as well. You saw that, Trent, I'm mm-hmm. sure. Yes. Yep. So it's a lot of fun. Um, I like being part of it. So I'm going to be there Friday night with Danny and Greg. We're going to be handing out the tickets to the iCubs game. I'll take some pictures and put it on there. So we make a big weekend of it every weekend. A lot of fun. I just know that if I was 12 or 11 yeah. walking into school the next day with a ring like that on my finger, mm-hmm. I'd be getting Sally back from Jody. You know what I mean? So. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you what, if, if um, I think there's got a chance to bring more people to the game, kids like this might get more interested in, in learning the sport. Oh, it right? is. It is. It's, it's a lot of fun. And we have each, each uh, team has a guest coach, a volunteer coach for that, evening, uh, that, that weekend. So they get a hat and a really cool polo that says MVP on it. This year, they're like a charcoal gray. It's pretty neat. So, Fall ball, um, it's not over. Means correct. You mean it's we're about to move into, you know, another season, uh, if you will. But that doesn't mean that baseball. Yeah, it's going to wrap up in the major leagues. But you guys keep going. You said into November. There's still right well, weather permitting, obviously. Weather permitting, and then we even have some uh, at the Recplex. We do have some winter indoor leagues for fast pitch. We don't have that for baseball yet, um, but we are doing fast pitch, which I want to talk to you guys a little bit about on the umpire side. So our season is wrapping up for baseball and fast pitch, our summer season, our spring and summer season. So that goes into the second week of August. But what we do is that Labor Day weekend, we have second season for baseball, which is a lot smaller than the regular season. But our fast pitch goes through the roof. I mean, hundreds of teams. And I'll tell you, I wish as an umpire, I would have cross-trained about 20, 25 years ago to do both baseball and fast pitch what an exciting game i uh my daughters never played they were into the horse world mm-hmm. um which might have been Me cheaper too. if <laughs> might have been cheaper if they would have gone into softball i don't know but uh the uh I, I watched trent and his daughter's getting excited but the chance the pace of the game it's super fun um and they go they have some fun times in october they do the pumpkin smash there's one where each team dresses up in costumes and they have a costume contest and they dress in that costume the whole weekend. So I've seen the cops and robbers where the coaches are the cops and the players are the robbers. I've seen some really cool Dr. Seuss themes. It's been a lot of fun. Last year we had two teams come in, all of the players dressed as young umpires. And the <laughs> nice. it was really cool. They had numbered on their side, and it was really, really neat. But no white canes or anything like that. Oh, we had a few jokes like yeah, that, yeah. you know, but 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 we enjoy it. So sure. But talking about that is we are recruiting fall league fast pitch umpires, especially. We're really concentrating on fast pitch. So with that coming in line, we're going to have plenty of work for everybody. If you're a new umpire, if you're a high school certified umpire, we have the high school series. We got them a pay raise this year for that. 
Um, but we're having two clinics so far that are going to be pretty top-notch clinics coming April 6, uh, excuse me, August 16th and August 23rd. We have three instructors right now that are high-level instructors, state tournament instructors. Some have done the college route and possibly two more that are going to come in that. And we're going to have stations and we're actually having uh, the Valley Club uh, teams are coming in to do a scrimmage for us where we can stop actually play. that's great yeah and say all right this is what you did right <clears> this <throat> is what you did wrong and they're going to be out there and then they're going to be in the cages uh doing um a catcher and pitcher and a, and a simulated batter and these are young people that are going to be catching and pitching for us so we can teach these guys and gals how to track the ball so do us a favor uh, because today's august 1st and that's uh, 16 days away sure Remind Trent and I, you know, we'll, we'll certainly uh, devote some, you know, remind the audience if anybody's out there so sure. inclined that you've got those two events coming up. I, I'd love to see. I mean, we, obviously, you've been in here twice, and I think the response has been decent. It's been great. So so we're, we're getting more. Because if we don't have officials, whether whatever your sport is, right, if there's Correct. nobody uh, call balls and strikes or call fouls or offside, whatever it is, Correct. you don't have a game. That's right. There's no game without the officials. And, you know, I mean, my biggest compliment is when I walk off that field of contest, if nobody remembers my name or even remembers that I was there. You know, we're not part of the show, but we have to be part of the Mm show. We have to be part of the game because there won't be the game. So we would love to, anybody that wants to, just reach out to me at jp at centraliowasports.com. I will give you the dates. Guess what the cost of these clinics are? Zip. Zip. That's awesome. We're investing in these umpires because we want them to stick around. Yeah. You know, eventually if they get into it, they're going to have to buy some equipment and we can show them how to do that. And we also have equipment. But the, you got the, I was just going to say, yeah. you got the reimbursement, right? We do have the reimbursement program and there's plenty of work. And then before you know it, you know, in the fast pitch side, we have a couple December uh, indoor tournaments at the RecPlex in West Des Moines. But March will be here just like that. Mm-hmm. So this fall time is a great time to train, get your uh, feet wet, as, as they say, and get in there and start working. And um, we have a great veteran core of, of umpires now that have signed on and bought in to helping out you know, the younger in tenure umpires, whether you're 14 or 44, it doesn't matter. So we're having a great time. I'm excited about the fall. The fall is actually a really fun time for the umpire because it feels like it's a little less competitive. Mm-hmm. So it's good for people to get out there and try something new. JP at centraliowasports.com. That's where they can reach out to you, JP. So you got fall tournaments going on. It'll ramp up very quickly. and Spring Correct. will be here before you know it. But uh, fall ball certainly here in front of us. What about the tournament side? Maybe there's somebody listening right now that has a team and is interested and wants to get involved with one of these tournaments with one of their youth groups and their youth teams. On that side of things, what's the easiest way to get in contact with you guys to sign up a team for one of these fall tournaments yeah so if you're a newer coach or you're a coach that's moved in we've had coaches this year that have moved in from different states you just go to centraliowasports.com um, or you can go to u-triple-a.com okay. and go to the iowa location but if you go to centraliowasports.com you can register a team for any of these weekends coming up fast pitch is huge there is some baseball uh, i don't want to discount it because mm-hmm. i love it all the way through the fall but the fast pitch uh rockets up here in the next couple of weeks and it just goes through the roof so we'd love to we'd love to have some teams come out if you're a new, newer team or you're a team that wants to put together some some veteran younger players and just play for the fall that's a great way to do it centraliowasports.com for the teams and come take on the 8u tigers with head coach <laughs> trent condon that's right you're with the tigers club we are yeah fantastic 
fantastic. So yes. let me t- let me give a kudos to the Tigers Club. If you got a second, oh yeah. So any time in the winter when I need uh, a clinic space for mm-hmm. cage work, and I have a group of umpires that want to work on something, they're willing to provide that space out there uh, um, on Fuller Road. Yep. Uh, they're willing to uh, provide pitchers and catchers for us at all different ages. And I just we have a we have such a good relationship with all of our clubs, but I wanted to give them a hats off because they're the first to step up and just say, "Hey, use our spot." They, there's a there's a two side reason for that, right? Because they know that if they're letting us train umpires instead of handing them equipment, and say, mm-hmm. "There you go," they're going to get a better product yep. on the field for calling balls and strikes, safes and outs, fairs and fouls, and administering the rules, right? So, do you know the rules, Trent? I'm working through them. <laughs> but you are. I'm working through them. I'm catching up on work and catching up on... The skipper. That part of it, too. Trent will find out that, as a parent, he thinks he knows all the rules. Yeah, <laughs> of course. <laughs> I'm just kidding. As a former umpire, I know I don't know all the rules. That's okay. Though. Yeah. Yep. Miller and the skipper, 11 to 1. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, thanks for coming in. I've enjoyed this series, this three-parter. I think I hope it's been fun for you. It's been fun for me. I learned a whole bunch of stuff. And like I say, the more uh, people we can get uh, involved in uh, blowing a whistle or calling balls and strikes or whatever it is, because if we don't have them, we don't have games. We don't. And I appreciate you guys letting me get the word out. Absolutely. Get back to us in time to uh, promote those clinics, all right? I'll send you a text. Absolutely. That'll work. Trent's Plays of the Day next. Miller and Con, the Des Moines Sports Station, 106.2250. Not only does Central Iowa Sports provide a great environment for youth to play baseball and fast pitch, but they promote sportsmanship in the game. Help players, parents, and coaches and their relationship with umpires. Central Iowa Sports also donates throughout the year to local Iowa charities, along with donating the awards to the Iowa Miracle League. Central Iowa Sports, helping boost local economy by hosting local tournaments and creating great part-time seasonal jobs. Find out how you can get involved at centraliowasports.com. Maybe you're thinking about franchising your business or purchasing a franchise. There's an experienced and trustworthy franchise lawyer right in your backyard. Don't waste your time or money searching for a lawyer out of state when Rush Niggett is here and ready to help your business. Hi, I'm Rush. I've specialized in business and franchise law for the past 25 years. I don't just want to be your lawyer. I want your business to succeed as much as you do. Your business needs Rush. Visit his award-winning blog at RushOnBusiness.com. It's good to have Rush on your side. The biggest pro football contests in Vegas are back and bigger than ever with $14 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circa Sports. Enter in Nevada, play from anywhere, two ways to win and no rake. Play Circa Million, make five picks against the spread each week with quarterly and full season payouts, or join Circa Survivor. Select one team each week straight up. Last the longest to win it all. $14 million in guaranteed prizes. Visit CircaSports.com for details. Circus Sports Iowa encourages you to gamble responsibly. Problems with gambling? Call or visit 1-800-BETS-OFF. All right, Miller and Condon, welcome back. Final couple of minutes, Trent's play of the day. The Cardinals have made another trade, and they have made another trade with the Blue Jays. Yeah, they're just raiding that farm Jeez, system. Huh? Paul DeYoung, uh, shortstop for the Cardinals, is now a Blue Jay. I guess that's insurance for Boba Shett, right? You would think so. Well, I hope that's not bad news. This is the best player on the Blue Jays. He really is. He's had a phenomenal year. Um, DeYoung, nice player, good yeah. insurance, but uh, hope Boba Shett is able to answer the bell. Trent... How was uh what was your record yesterday? 3 and 0. Jeez, you swept the board. First and day back. We're already 1 and 0 today. Well, you better you bet the draw last night. I bet night. the draw <laughs> or this morning as well yes. last night. And uh got it at plus 950 because there was a boost available, so I used that and Why hit that. Why wouldn't you? 
plus 950. So we're feeling really good. That count looked a lot nicer when I opened it up here this morning and uh, looking good. So I got four plays in baseball. We open things up first with the Phillies. JP's team. They're plus 115 on the road against the Marlins. A little bit surprised by that number. Pick two. How about the Marlins being buyers? In what world is this, right? The Marlins are... Is it 1997? Really? Marlins are buying players. Wayne Huizinga bought the team again? Baltimore. Right back to the well. I'm sorry. I got to do it. Yeah, why not? Minus 104. They're a good team. For the O's. Help me out here. I know Justin Steele's really good. Mm Mm-hmm. Lively's pretty good himself. Yeah. How are the Reds plus 145? I mean, something (sighs) almost stinks here, right? That's too good of a price on the Steel's Reds. Steele's a hell of a player, though. Steel's He's really good. I, I yeah. get it. But it's not like the Reds are throwing out a guy with an ERA six. No, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Cubs coming off the way. They've lost two in a row now. Two in a row. We'll see. All right, so you're on You're on the Reds. I'm grabbing the Reds, and then we wrap things up as the Mariners. Because you got to stay up late. Oh, of course. God forbid I go to bed at a reasonable <laughs> time. 3.50 in the morning. My God. So we go to Seattle that is selling all their pieces off. Mm -hmm. What that usually does to a clubhouse against the Red Sox that are still hanging around. Yeah, give me the Red Sox. Speaking of hanging around, Seattle's three games out, three and a half games out of the wild card, and they're selling. A lot of teams. And they made the playoffs last year. Yeah, they did. That's got to be tough to swallow for Mm -hmm. a fan base. Finally break through after two decades away. And they're selling. Do they think that? This is a rebuild? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't either. With Julio there? Yeah. That's a good starting point. For a lot, it absolutely is. All right. This is our ending point. That we it are is. finished for the day. But uh, local programming is just heating up. Murph and Andy in five. The drive with Heather and Sean from three until six. We're Miller and Condon. Trent and I are here Monday through Friday from 11 to 1 on Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO.